0: Let me begin by saying Happy Father's Day. Hope all the fathers here had a, a wonderful day, including my father, who I believe is watching in Minnesota tonight. We're going to be in the book of John tonight, chapter 8. i going to begin by turning there. We had a lot of fun editing that Father's Day video this week, except for the fact of having to hear those jokes over and over and over again. I think I hear some of them in my sleep. But Father's Day is uh, an emotional day for many people. For some, it's a wonderful day, getting to celebrate uh, their dad and spend some special time with them. For others, it can be a very difficult day. Uh, whether a child or an adult, if our father has passed, or whether he lives next door, the bond, the impact of the relationship with the father is powerful. Uh, dads can be funny people, as we saw this morning, and uh, not just in our humor, I don't know how many of uh, your dads are like MacGyver, uh, fixing things with things like gum and duct tape. I don't know how many of of your dads out there have misused or uh, abused a household item by using it as a tool. How many dads have used a, a nail file to file something other than a fingernail or used a kitchen knife as a screwdriver or a steak knife to cut something other than food? But uh, as funny, as embarrassing as our fathers can be, it's hard to underestimate the importance of that relationship, as well as, as well as knowing who your father is. In fact, I've heard stories of people who didn't grow up knowing who their biological father and uh, was and spent much of their lives looking for them, such as the story, story of Hannah Moore. She wrote, Growing up, I only knew half the story of my before. The life I had lived, though uniquely mine, was only half of me. There was always a void. I was told at an early age that I was adopted by a man who was not my biological father. I was 20 years old when I met the man I now lovingly lovingly call Dad and found the missing pieces of my identity. In the eight years that have passed since our initial rendezvous, he has been one of the most influential, encouraging, and ever-present forces in my life. I found more similarities with him than I ever dreamt possible including the face I apparently stole, my mannerisms, and my laid-back approach to life. Our meeting has brought so much joy into my life. As I face a new year, I have a better understanding of me. I carry with me the irreplaceable essence of love that is family. And though I don't know what this year will hold, I know that I have the support of my whole family to conquer any challenge thrown my way, because I now know my before, I can see my ever after. Knowing your father or your child is very important in today's world. In fact, DNA testing is more popular than ever, and used routinely to determine the paternity of children as well as to find out about people's ancestry by companies like 23andMe, Ancestry DNA, Family Tree DNA, and MyHeritage. I don't know if you know of anybody who has has uh, filled out and participated in one of those ancestry search- searches. Um, but they generally do a, a DNA test by taking a, a swab of from the inside of the mouth to get your saliva. And apparently there's three different types of tests. One that's only for men, one that's for women, and one that can be used for either. And they each one tests for different DNA um, signatures. And they compare and, uh, and check those specific locations of DNA that are the same in a family's gene- genealogy or ancestry. But people spend hundreds of dollars, if not more, in order to find out who the father of a child is, as well as their ancestry. Uh, Because, quite frankly, it matters to us emotionally. Uh, It can matter to us legally. Uh, It certainly matters to us medically to find out what's one of the first questions when you fill out your your health questionnaire is what are your parents' health um, problems. Uh, it can matter to us personally, because, as Hannah Moore testified... It gives us history. What we're going to see in today's passage is that it's possible to be wrong about who your father is. Imagine you growing up, going through your life, thinking that you know who your biological father is, only to find out years later the one you grew up with, the one that you called daddy, the one that raised you, the one that sent you to college, that taught you how to play ball, that possibly walked you down the aisle is not your biological father. To learn this fact in your 30s or later could be quite a shock, as you can imagine. Why? Because who your father is is very important to people, because it's about your origins, it's about your identity, because knowing who your father is helps you know who you are. They're connected. Some children go as far as to have genealogical DNA testing so that they can prove one way or another who their real father is. But tonight we'll see that as important as it is to know who your biological father is, it's even more important to know who your spiritual father is. In this passage we're going to look at, Jesus tells us that there are only two spiritual fathers in this world. God and the devil. And Jesus makes it plain that a person cannot be the offspring of both. Only one can be your father. What is true on the physical level is also true on the spiritual level. In fact, even more so. It's not possible to, to overestimate the importance of knowing whether or not God is your Father or not. In fact, John's Gospel mentions the word Father 111 times. And John chapter 14 mentions it 23 times. And John chapter 8, where we will be tonight, mentions it 21 times. in order to figure out who your spiritual father is, we are looking at the right place tonight. In John 8, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples as well as some Pharisees that have gathered around him to challenge him. And as we'll see, Jesus challenges them as to who their spiritual father is. So tonight, to know who your spiritual father is is a matter of eternal importance. If you know your father you will know your future. So if you're not already there, please turn your Bibles to John chapter 8 as we do some spiritual DNA testing. John gives us three types of spiritual DNA tests that give us the matching codes to see if God is our Father. The first test is the likeness test. If you look at verses 37 through 41. Verse 37 Reads, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have done, which you have heard from your father. They, being the Pharisees, answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. You've probably heard the phrases that echo the truth of this test. See if you can finish the phrases for me. Like father, like son. And the apple doesn't... He is a chip off the... Why, why are these cliches so well known? It's because it's a common observable truth that we see in the physical world. We see this when parent and child share the same characteristics. How many times have you looked at a family and you see the parent, you see the child, and you say, Wow, I see where you got your curly hair. I see where you got your green eyes. I see where you got your your laughter. How many times have you called someone's home and said, Oh, Mr. So-and-so, wait a second, let me get him for you. Because the child answered and his voice sounded so much alike that you thought you mistook the child for the father Because as, as they got older. But the physical characteristics, whether it's their athleticism, their personality, even the way they laugh, it can be unmistakable between parent and child. I don't know how many of you heard of Nick Walenda, the famous tightrope walker known as the king of high wire He's walked on a tightrope across Niagara Falls, uh, Grand Canyon, between Skyscrapers in Chicago. He even has his own bobblehead. And coming up on June 23rd, is supposed to walk over Times Square. His father was a tightrope walker. His grandfather was a tightrope walker. His great-grandfather was a tightrope walker. You might say, like, father, like son, like grandson, like great-grandson. And Jesus recognizes this truth and states it about himself in verses 37: 38, Jesus says, "You may be Abraham's physical descendants, but you are not his spiritual descendants, and He is not your father," as He challenged the Pharisees. In contrast, Jesus said, "I speak what I've heard from my father, and you, Pharisees, you speak what you've heard from your father." In other words, Jesus says, "I act like my father." and you Pharisees act like your father. The Pharisees claimed that Abraham was their spiritual father, but they did not have his likeness. They didn't talk like him. They didn't act like him. So the question for us tonight is, do we pass the DNA likeness test? Because it's possible that we can claim to know God, that he's our spiritual father, and, and when in fact, be not like him at all. In fact, like, like the Pharisees, it's possible for people today to think they do, but in reality, they do not hear or keep God's words. Jesus references, to his, references his words several times in this passage. Verse uh, chapter eight thirty one, he says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Verse 37, I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Verse 43, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. It's possible that some of us here are here today that claim to know God as their spiritual father, but yet we don't read God's word. We don't follow or obey it. We don't let it affect our decisions. We don't let it transform our lives. We don't do God's deeds. And we could go around the room today and, and look at familiarities in our church families and note the similarities between parent and child. But how many times, and because how many times have we said, Oh, I can tell you're a walker because of your laugh. I can tell you're a raver because of your red hair. I mean, how many times we see those similarities, and the same is true spiritually. I don't know if some of you have met my. My father, he grew up on a farm in North Dakota, far away from here. Uh, But he went to the University of North Dakota to study chemical engineering. And my oldest brother, Greg, went to the University of Minnesota to study chemical engineering. My middle brother, Dave, went to the University of Minnesota to study electrical engineering. And when I was graduating from high school, I received a scholarship to go to the University of Minnesota to study engineering. Engineering but I went to Bible college and seminary. But like it or not, we are like our parents. In our appearance, our voice, our humor, Jesus was on a mission. He loved sinners. He ate with them. He evangelized them. He cared more about people than he ever did things. He served and sacrificed for others. He was not materialistic. He was holy. And he carried a cross. Why? Because he was like his father. So the first test tonight was the likeness test. The second test is the love test. you look at verses 41 through 42, with me, the the love test. Jesus said, you are doing the works of your father. Your father did. They said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality, that they're accusing of Jesus. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I'm here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Pharisees said, we have one father, even God. Notice the if statements in verses 39 and 42. The Pharisees answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. In verse 42, again, Jesus said to them, if... God were your father, you would love me, not want to kill me, for I came from God and I am here. Loving God as our father will mean that we will also love his son, Jesus. We can't love the father and not love the son. And it gives us two reasons in verse 42 because Jesus comes from God, because Jesus is sent from God. They share the same divine DNA. So there's one question that we must answer tonight, and that is, do we love Jesus, God's Son? We read in 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 12 and 16 to 19, By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. God says to pass the the desire's DNA test, our love for God will be evident by our love for Jesus and others. Fathers, if I can address you tonight, when your children don't show any love for Jesus or God's word, please don't try to encourage them by reassuring them about their salvation, by telling them that one day they prayed a prayer or show them in the flyleaf of the Bible where they wrote down a date that shows that they prayed. The reason why many children who grew up in Christian homes attend church with their families every Sunday, dress nice, act nice, and yet when they grow up, they no longer attend church, they no longer maybe claim to know God or study His Word or have any passion to worship with God's people on Sunday, may even live an ungodly lifestyle, Is most likely because they aren't a believer. And you might think, well, that's not very nice or loving to challenge the reality of your child's salvation. But tell me, what is more loving? To make them consider the reality that their life doesn't reflect that of a Christian? Or to lovingly tell them not to worry about how they are living because... They said a few magic words one day, so not to worry as they go on their way to hell. As loving as Jesus was, as he related to people from all different backgrounds, if you take some time this week to look at Jesus' words with unbelievers, you'll notice Jesus never minced words when as he spoke in his conversations with unbelievers, especially Pharisees. Whether they were saved. On their way to hell, he never minced words, and neither should we, especially when it comes to our children. It doesn't mean that we don't address them lovingly, caringly, but we should be honest. And quite frankly, one one of my greatest concerns, other than the cost of sending my son to a Christian high school, was the danger of training him to be a professional Pharisee. You see, there's a very real danger for our children who grow up as a second or third generation Christian, growing up learning how to act, what to say, how to dress. But as they grow up and become more and more of an adult and live their life on their own, but they, and they demonstrate no desire to know God better, no desire to study his word or love and serve his people, is a very real danger. And as fathers, our children's spiritual growth and relationship with God far outweighs our children's desire to be a great athlete. Our children's excelling in school or our children's needs of a good career after college. I'm afraid that in Christian churches, schools, and colleges across America today, there are countless children who are learning all the right ways to act Christian with no real relationship with Jesus. In fact, if their life was compared to Jesus, it would fail the likeness test and the love test. But not only do we see the likeness test and the love test, the third test Jesus lists for us is the listening test. If you look at verses 43 through 47, Jesus said, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. is that you are not of God. You might say, the the devil's children are missing a spiritual chromosome. They're not able to hear. Jesus says in verse 43, it's because you cannot bear to hear my word. And again in verse 47, the reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6 contains a well-known passage referred to as the Shema, the Hebrew word for hear or listen. And six, Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In Hebrew, spiritual deafness doesn't mean that you don't hear it. The problem is that you hear it, but you don't do it. The religious leaders could hear what Jesus was saying without a doubt. In fact, as a result of hearing them, they wanted to stone him. However, even though they heard Jesus, they didn't listen. They had no capacity to hear it and obey it. And so today we sit all here at church on a Sunday evening, on Father's Day, when many people would have convenient or reasonable excuses to not be at church on a Sunday night. We may sit in the church pew. Pew, week after week. We may listen to Sunday school week after week. We we may hear all sorts of Bible lessons and sermons, listen in our car or on our phone or at home. But does our listening to God's word result in our living God's words? It's a horrible thought to think that God is not our Father. But if we don't do his deeds, Jesus said we fail the test if we are not like him in our desires and the things we do and say, if we don't love Jesus and his people and desire to know him better, if we don't listen to God's words and live them out, then the spiritual DNA test found here today indicates that we are not children of God. Of course, the contrary is true as well. Lord willing, as we look at these spiritual DNA tests tonight, they confirm our profession of faith in Jesus, because, in fact, we are like him. We do love him and others like he did. We do listen to his word and obey it. And I'd ask at this time, if you would join me in standing, I'd like to to pray and ask God to help all of our fathers, especially to be the spiritual leaders in our homes that we ought to be. Let's pray together. Father, I ask for your, your blessing on, especially the fathers that are represented here tonight. That as we have many demands in our lives between our jobs and what, what, our, what our businesses require, our outside obligations, perhaps in the community, obligations in our, in our church as we serve and, and minister for you, and our family. There's many many things that are pulling at our time and our hearts. Lord, I ask that you might help our fathers to see clearly as there's many things that demand of their time. The greatest demand in their life ought to be, and the greatest priority ought to be, not only their relationship with you, but as they are in in charge and responsible for the spiritual relationship of their children. That you might help us to speak to our children and challenge them and, and share the word with them and encourage them that as they grow up, they might come to know Jesus truly as their Savior and, and live it and be able to honor and glorify you as you richly deserve. And we thank you, Father, for the fathers that you've given us. We have many, many, many godly fathers represented at Faith Baptist Church. Many, many fathers who give of their time and sacrifice, not only financially, but in their time to, to minister and to serve, serve you because they do love Jesus and they do love others, and that's evident by the way they live their lives. Father, continue to use us and work in us that we might continue to go forward with strong families because we know Jesus and we love you and we, do your, we live your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day.